Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? I can buy myself flowers, write my name in the sand, talk to myself for hours, say things you don't understand. I can take myself dancing, and I can hold my own hand. Yeah, I can love me better than you can, motherfuckers. What up, Jones? Welcome to the vainly titled Danny Palmer Show. I can't stop listening to Flowers by Miley Cyrus. I know it came out, I don't know, X months ago or whatever, but dude, that song is so good. Like sometimes, honestly, late at night, I put my Bose over-ear headphones on and just play that like twice in a row i never do that i never play a song twice in a row but dude come on write my name in the sand also on the uh female singer hit list today august 22nd the day i'm recording this it's coming out tomorrow august 23rd maybe i'll release it at midnight so technically it'll be out on august 22nd for <laughs> wait is midnight the next day <laughs> never mind I'll release it at 11.59 a.m. today. Oh, what about that? What do you think about that? Uh, but August 22nd, 2023 is Dua Lipa's 28th birthday. Happy birthday, Dua. You inspire us all. She was apparently at some sort of rave, wearing rave clothing and like rave sunglasses on her birthday, talking about her 28th year. It's hard to look at people like Dua Lipa and be like, what the fuck have I done with my life? <laughs> I fucking... 21 years older? I guess I'm exactly 20 years older than her. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm 20 years older than her. I'm 20 years older than my bride-to-be. Who knew? Who knew? Hey, man, it happens, you know? Like, she's looking ahead to her 28th year of life as she tours arenas around the globe. (laughs) But to compare... Honey, you gotta be nicer to yourself. To compare is to despair. Thanks, sweetie. You've been so much nicer to me lately. That's because you gave up trying to have sex with me, and I like you more now. All right, fair, fair. That's my girlfriend. She sometimes talks in the pod. Usually she's very angry and also a little bit horny, which those two things don't really go together, but who knows? I don't understand it. Dude, I'm, I'm really into a Boardwalk Empire now. At first, I was like, dude, I'm not going to watch this fucking show from the 20s with their fucking dirty-looking clothes, lack of electricity. Like, you guys are just sitting inside your dim houses like the walls always seem to be a little dirty (laughs) in a lot of the houses like dude come on in new jersey on the beach it's like gray in the winter dude i don't want to watch that i don't want to watch new jersey winters now (laughs) much less in the fucking 20s but then meanwhile it's this amazing show there's so many parallels to what's going on today and uh i think i think i'm on season four now this isn't a spoiler well the show came out fucking 12 years ago dude or whatever like that's not on me um, but there's this dude, apparently he's uh, single and this lady gives him like a, sa- a wrap sandwich to go for the road. And he goes, thanks. He goes, stray dogs and bachelors, like holding up the sandwich. Like those are the two groups of <laughs> animals that could use some to go food. And I do that too. I do that at my work. I go in like on Thursdays usually to my office and, uh, I'm obviously not going to talk about my day job on my podcast. It's obviously not easily discoverable on LinkedIn. I don't know. Just be careful. Be careful, Eddie. You have a lot to lose. Don't say anything stupid. But anyways, I go in on Thursdays. I stock up on food. Stray dogs and bachelors. Then I've got dinner for like two nights in a row, dude. I'm the only guy in the subway with like a, a weighted down backpack. <laughs> also holding some like, I don't know, chicken tikka mas- masala 
Marsala? Masala. Who cares? You need to learn more. You're right, honey. Anyways, dude, by the way, Jersey Shore, I guess I'm talking a lot about TV shows. Hey, listen, I like to watch TV. There's good TV. Jersey Shore, the second half of the season, which is season 16. It's so good, dude. Oh my God, it's so funny. There's so many funny things. I had to start writing them down. Like all of the girls got uh, Botox and facelifts and maybe some of the guys. I mean, the situation looks like he did too. But something like surprising happens on the show and the situation goes, if Jenny's face could move, it would definitely be super shocked right now. <laughs> That's hilarious. And, uh, oh, the, I was thinking about titling this episode, The Meatballs Are Scared of Jenny. I guess the meatballs are the girls. I'm not sure if the guys are considered meatballls, but they're all scared of Jenny. And then Sammy, Sammy's sweetheart, returns to Jersey Shore. And dude, honestly, like it was kind of inspiring. <laughs> I can just hear my friends being like, dude, Jersey Shore isn't... It is. Because Sammy's sweetheart's returned. She hasn't seen these people in 10 years. Look, it's a reality show, given, granted. Okay. It, it is manufactured drama, but there's also real things to it. You know, it's like people that hung out a lot together and then like went their separate ways, got in fights. And she had like beef with like three or four of the people in the room. They were all standing around a kitchen table, kitchen island. They resolved all of the beefs within 15 minutes just by Sammy being like, oh, here's the problem I had with you. And then Snooki being like, well, I opened several boutiques because... I wanted to do that on my own. She's like, no, you didn't. You did it because I did it. <laughs> and then that's another funny thing. Then the situation was talking about, dude, they're literally arguing about selling seashells by the seashore with their competing beach boutiques. I'm telling you, the show is hilarious, dude. But it's such a nice approach to like, okay, I've got beef with X, Y, or Z. What if we all just stand in a, in a kitchen and talk it out? I'm not saying that would work every time, but I bet it would work more often than people try it. You know what I mean? Thanks for the inspiration. Jersey Shore. And then after they resolve their argument, Sammy says, thank you for this. They're eating dinner. She goes, thank you for this delicious spread. I will unblock you all. <laughs> oh, man. Did you know that sharks are older than trees by like millions of years? Dude, millions of years. I mean, it makes sense. I probably already talked. Sometimes I don't know which facts I've talked about in the podcast and which I haven't. But I feel like if I make the facts interesting enough, even if I repeat an occasional one here or there, it'll seem new, you know? Like, I've definitely caught myself watching Jeopardy episodes over again that I've already seen. It's not like you're going to remember all fucking, I don't know, 60 clues or whatever from the last time. I mean, some of you will remember, and then that's annoying. You're like, God damn it. I fucking know this one already. But you're not going to remember all of them, dude. There's no fucking way. Oh, this is a... <laughs> I guess I better use caution with this little idea. But there's this word, uh, Percy, P-U-R-S-Y, and it means short-winded because of corpulence. I feel like that definition was not written in 2023. All right. I had some uh, feedback from people, and I usually do the feedback at the start of the podcast, but it's way down in my list of notes, and I don't want to scroll up and scroll down. It'll stress me out while I'm talking into a microphone alone in my apartment late at night, so I'm not going to do it. Okay? Okay. Okay. I posted something on on an Instagram story this week. Uh, I said, I'm trying to use work challenges as an opportunity to build better mental habits in response to those challenges. You know, I think a lot of times on my Insta stories, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be a silly boy. I'm going to be a funny. Oh, look at me. I'm saying something clever. And I'm, I think I'm funny. You should come to my car. Co- it's like, dude, shut the fuck up, Danny. Like talk about something sincere, you know? Cause basically like in the past, you probably, I'm sure everybody has struggled with this when you feel overwhelmed 
you're like, oh, I have these eight things to do. I don't have enough time to do all eight. All eight are important. People are depending on me. Then after those eight things, I have to do a bunch of shit in my personal life. And then it's like, okay, so you've got all this like anxiety and angst on your shoulders and all this work that you have to do. And then you have to just, you know, just start doing it kind of one thing at a time. Like your brain is literally not capable of multitasking. So you have to do it like one thing at a time. And then, so what, what's the better way to go work through those eight things? Is it like a feeling of ex- over, like being overwhelmed and exhausted and stressed and like being like, fuck, 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 your heart rate speeding up, your breath getting shallower. Is that the best way to get those eight things done? Or, or conversely, is it better to take more of the kind of like Zen approach to be like, okay, I'm going to go through these efficiently. I'm going to be, you know, like focused and diligent and try to be as quick and efficient as I can, but I'm not going to be living in this tormented headspace while I go through these tasks. And so that's what I'm trying to get better at doing. You know, that's good. Okay. Um, dude, also on Jersey Shore, for some reason, like the situation had these lists of quotes in his phone, just like I do. Oh, by the way, quick side derail. Today, I recorded uh, an episode of Oops, the podcast with Julio Gallarotti. I love Julio. He's one of my best friends. Um, he's now doing the pod independently, and it's fucking great. That comes out next Tuesday. That's fucking, what is this, August 22nd? It'll come out August 29th. We had a great conversation, and I often send Julio quotes on my phone. Like, I'll just send him random quotes at random times. Somebody likes, somebody agrees with, somebody disagrees with, but it's nice, you know? The situation <laughs> also has quotes on his phone, and he started reading them on the show. Um, here's a few. Holding a grudge is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Ah. Anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured. Whoa. Should I repeat that one? An acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything in which it is poured. Ooh, that's that's like putting fucking battery acid in your balsamic vinaigrette salad uh, dressing container. And then it just starts leaking through the container, dude. That's fucking anger, dude. And then another one is... uh. On the route to victory and success is always failure. I like that one a lot too because it's nobody is exempt from that. You know, every even the most successful people you can think of, even if you haven't met them. I mean, I guess most people have met the most successful people they can think of, but all those people have failed along the path to doing great. And even if they have a great life, they have things in life in their life that aren't going well. They might have sick friends, or I don't know. I can't think of a bunch of bad things right now, but. What was the point of this? Yeah. On the route to victory and success is always failure. I like that. I like that a lot. I was out. Uh, where the fuck was I, dude? I was out somewhere in the city. Oh, I know what it was. Dude, I saw fucking Maria Bamford last Thursday night on my birthday at Sony Hall, which is on like East, no, West 46th Street. It's in like Midtown. Oh my God. She was so fucking funny, dude. At one point, this isn't her material. At one point, she uh, like dropped the mic out of her hands and was just like holding the cord. And there's these speakers up on the stage so that she can hear what she's saying. And that when she dropped the mic in front of the speakers, there was like a loud feedback. And then you could tell that that kind of shocked her because it was the first night of the two shows that she was there. So it was her first time on that stage, I'm pretty sure, at least on this trip, whatever. So then it went... And then she pulled the mic up and her shoulders kind of like shrunk down. And she goes, I don't understand how sound works. 
<laughs> I'm sorry if that's not as funny if you weren't there, but oh my god, even even just saying that now makes me so fucking happy. Happy birthday, Dua Lipa, by the way. Okay, all right. Um, anyways, on the way home from that, I walked by the Leona Helmsley building in Midtown, giant imposing building. It's a very pretty building. And I was just thinking to myself, who the fuck is Leona Helmsley again? Like, wasn't she like a bad person? And I think she was a bad person. So I looked it up. She was had some trial for like tax evasion. During the trial, a former housekeeper testified that she had heard Helmsley say, we don't pay taxes. Only the little people pay taxes. A quote which was identified with her for the rest of her life. Dude, that is fucking going in. We don't pay taxes. Only the little people pay taxes. That must have been one of the happier moments of that housekeeper's life to be on the stands and be like, the stand to be like, oh, yeah. So remember when you did that cruel thing, basically addressed towards me? Now you're going to prison, bitch. Okay. The tables have fucking turned. And by John, I mean turned. Okay. Then today I was reading this article. Um, it actually started in a way that I thought I was going to be like, oh, sororities suck. And then towards the end, the writer kind of turned and was like talking about how young women today are, you know, taking advantage of the social structures available to them to advance and have learned from previous generations of women that have also been in sororities and kind of standing on their shoulders. I, I love when you read an essay like that. And you're just like, oh, uh, I know what this person's up to. They think this. And then you get like two thirds of the way to the essay and you're like, oh, they don't think that. And that was kind of like. I, th- I was judging them for being judgy. And then it turns out that I was the one that was judging incorrectly. <laughs> Anyways, um, a spite, uh, a spite, despite the general sentiment of this whole essay, I just like this one comment. Um, despite alumni and cultural pressure to maintain tradition, there have been a handful of attempts to integrate sorority rush at the university of Alabama over the last three or so decades. This is an example of the Faulkner adage that the past is never dead. First of all, I didn't know that William Faulkner had an adage that said the past is never dead. But the, excuse me, the older I get, the more I think that that is, I realize and see evidence that that is true. Like all the things that happened to you all of your life, all of your childhood, all of your teen years. I mean, hopefully if it's traumatic, it won't be affecting you, but uh, maybe that's not a path to go down, Danny. I don't know. Just like all the things that you were like, I grew up in Tampa. I, I think a big part of who I am today is a kid that grew up in Tampa. Like it didn't go away. And when I was in my like 20s, I was like, get me the fuck out of Florida, dude. It's too flat and hot. This sucks. I'm going to Georgia. It's going to be something different. Fuck Florida. And now I look back on it more wistfully, just like as the place that it was when I grew up, you know? So, you know, that's something. That's something. I've, I've, I've read something. Does that count as content? I feel that's content. Oh, so there's a chance that me and my uh, college buddies... Actually, I think we're going to. We're going to go to this parade crew to do. Shit, did I already talk about this two weeks ago? God damn it. I'll, talk, I'll say it quickly in case I talked about it two weeks ago. I don't think I did, though. See, I write down all these notes. I'm like, okay, here's the 822 pod. And then sometimes I'll forget or I'll run out of time or I'll get tired <laughs> on an earlier pod. And so I'll leave like three or four of my last like bullet points to do on the next pod. But then if I don't copy and paste it over to my notes for this week, and then I get jumbled up and I get confused. I'm just trying to be honest about the process behind creating this content. I'm not like Tim Dillon who can just... Or Bill Burr, they can just go off the cuff for an hour and a half. I have to have things to say. I'm going through these fucking nine topics. I might have some like side comments or thoughts, but I need some fucking structure. I'm not just going to be like, uh, do you guys like baseball or whatever, dude? Fuck that, you know? 
All right. So this parade crew debate is very sexual. It says, expect papier-mâché sexual allusions. I love that. Papier-mâché sexual allusions and political satire aplenty from this procession of costumed marchers, mule-drawn mini floats, and spirited brass bands. Now, I've been to Crudevu at least eight times. There are no mule-drawn uh, mini floats. There's like car-driven floats or something. I don't remember which drive it. Maybe it was mules. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it wasn't mules. Anyway, established in 1987. Pretty recent, uh, you know, Mardi Gras crew, if you really think about it. Crudevu is known for the sort of recklessly adolescent humor that sensible, sensitive folks avoid, which is why the rest of us wouldn't miss it. Oh, this author is real fucking Randy. And what's that's not the word I'm looking for. Whoa, they're, they're body. They're crazy. They don't give a goddamn about societal norms. They like to talk about fucking. One year, there was this Energizer bunny that had a giant dick. That was fun. And then one year, there was a float that said, the best is yet to come. C-U-M. And oftentimes, they'll make fun of like the water authority or something like that. And like the dude that runs the water authority. And you're just reading this float. You're like, who's uh, who's who's Breville? He runs the water. The, the guy, okay, Breville, this guy sucks, dude. You're just looking around trying to find local people being like, dude, fuck the water authority. What is it called again? Yeah, dude, fuck that organization, bro. I get it, dude. But it's also nice to be not from New Orleans or someone that lives in New Orleans and like feel like you're like you're a part of the local politics and culture for even even if just for one night, one night only on Broadway. Okay. Oh, dude, I guess I didn't lump together my boardwalk empire stories (laughs) one thing i was thinking about at the end of season it's not a spoiler alert at the end of season three they show this shot of like nucky thompson uh steve buscemi you know wearing his like 20s outfits on the boardwalk has his hat on and he just kind of walks into the crowd and then you see all these other people in their 20s outfits milling about on the boardwalk nothing's happening just a you know a nice night out and then it just makes you think like okay i know these people are fictional but there it's based on some reality like there was prohibition there were bootleggers there were like you know gangs of bootleggers that had power and had disputes with each other i'm sure so it's not like it's completely fictional it's not like a fucking like the never-ending story you know (laughs) it's not like spirited away like it's based on real things so wow my dishwasher just got quiet now i feel like i'm talking too loud anyways i was just thinking about not even just uh nucky thompson whatever this fictional character's life but all the other people on that boardwalk and all the other people that were actually living in the twenties in Atlantic city, like thousands, thousands, maybe millions in the whole state and then the whole country. And like all the people that lived in the twenties that almost all of them are dead and they all had lives with stories and triumphs and failures and heartbreaks and sickness. And I don't know, promotions. I just like just all the billions of people that have been in this planet. Like think about all the stories, the true real stories. I'm sure many are tragic, but it's also like this, I feel like, like the sense of loss sometimes <laughs> that I'll never know all these people that are alive today, even in like America. Like, like I used to think about this all the time. Like I went to high school at uh, Bloomingdale High School in Tampa, Florida, Valrico, suburb, whatever. And, you know, I had a group of core friends in high school and I'm still friends with some of them, fond feelings for them. But what if I had gone to every high school like what if there was like multiverse or something? I went to every high school in the country and then I had a few close friends from every high school in the country. I would have like thousands of friends that were my close friends, but I'll never meet any of those people besides the one at my particular random ass high school. 
That's sad. <laughs> Is that not sad? I feel like if I told that story to a smarter person, they'd be like, dude, it's not sad. It's just like part of life. Just be grateful for the opportunity that you did have. I'm like, all right, fair. Yeah, honey, quit trying to, ha- quit trying to be friends with everybody in the world, you loser. All right, sweetie. Do you like this top? Not anymore. Okay, wow. We've hit the 20-minute war- mark. That was faster than I thought it was going to go. I wonder if it, if I feel like the time went by faster if y'all, if like listeners think that it went by faster too. No, your listeners just think it sucks. <laughs> They're like, oh, wow, glad it went by fast for you. It's a fucking tortuous exercise for us. We actually switched over a different podcast 10 minutes ago. Wow, my girlfriend chose a raspy voice. Anyway, all right, let's just do a few kind listener feedback comments. People are so nice to me. Uh, I guess but she's my friend at this point. This girl, Lainey. She lives in Oklahoma, I want to say. Yeah. She goes, it's fun to hear. Thanks for listening, Lainey. I appreciate you. She goes, it's fun to hear your podcast because you're so good at talking and just sharing. You seem like such a great human. Glad you exist. We'll write back at you, lady. That's so nice. People are so nice to me. That's very nice. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then um, another listener slash friend says, oh, she went and got um, acupuncture. And she said that she was listening to my podcast while she had the needles in her. And then she laughed so hard that a few of the acupuncture needles popped out of her arm. <laughs> and then when the doctor, if that's what they call themselves, came back in, <laughs> they said, why do you, what happened? What were you laughing at? The, the needles popped out. And she said, my podcast. And the, and the guy was like, what podcast is this? So that's fun. Um, and she goes, well, I don't mind uh, pain if it comes with laughter. And oh, oh yeah, she said, and oh, when the guy came back to fix me, he asked me what had me laughing so much. Yes. I referred your pod to my acupuncturist. You could have just read that part to them, you fucking loser. I'm sorry, honey. I'm not a fucking perfect fucking podcaster yet or ever. You never will be. Nobody ever is. Nobody's ever perfect. I'm going to bed. All right. I'll be in a, I'll be in, in a minute. In the in the other part of the room? Yes. Um, and then my friend continues, and you are welcome. I thought you would appreciate the humor of it all. The harder I was giggling, the more I felt the needles, and it feels like a tiny electric pinch. So when you got to quote, all the men are wearing their wives' panties, end quote, I was LOLing, but also feeling like I was getting electrocuted. It was like a funny form of low grade torture. That's fun. That was a quote from some dude in New Hampshire in his like late sixties. He got interviewed by the New York Times and he was just like well, times are different now. All the men are running around wearing their wives' panties. I'm like, bro, you said that to a fucking national newspaper, bro? Any fucking... Yearn. Thank you for listening to uh, the Danny Palmer Show podcast. I appreciate you guys. Check out my episode on, on Oops next week. Black Cat LES every Friday in New York City, 172 Rivington. The shows have been packed lately. Um, I'm starting to sell tickets so the comics can get paid on the show. It's going to be even better than it is now. And uh, you can buy tickets on my Instagram uh, profile. There's a link there. It's also on Eventbrite. If you just type in Black Hat Friday night or something like that on Eventbrite, you can find the tickets there. They're only 10 bucks. You know, it supports a good cause. It supports everybody having a good time, dude, and helping people advance their fucking form of art and culture of stand up, dude. It's fucking sick. You can follow me on Instagram, Danny Palmer NYC. Uh, I'm at New York Comedy Club this weekend as well. And, uh, you know, things are fucking johnning right along, my friends. <laughs> Just end the recording, you loser. All right, honey. I will. I love you. I don't really love you that much. I know. I'm seeing someone else. Good. 
It's your dad. My dad is not fucking cheating on my mom, dude. They've been married for like 50 years. Well, I want to fuck him. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. Good.